thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Corps Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Yeah. We made it back. 147, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. Jay, he's wild card today. He might be here. He might not. See? Already back in the spirit of Unregimented. <laughs> Mike, Mike might be here later on. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple maybes. Yeah, I know. That's right. how that's, we that's play, how we're rolling. We, we play it fast and loose. When's know, right? the yeah. last time all three of us were in the studio, though? Uh, it's been a long time. 2014, and it was without Jay, wasn't it? Uh, I think we did the Christmas and New Year's episodes, and Jay was here because we were all in the studio for that. Perhaps, boy. Uh, <laughs> I know I mean, you guys do like anyone's bad. You guys do like 50 podcasts a week. You guys are like Kevin Smith on crack. You know, you're just <laughs> knocking them out. That's what you got to yeah, do and. and uh, Apparently, we smoke as much pot as Kevin Smith does. He's, uh, yeah, I heard today that he's apparently he, he chiefs man like well, a I, lot. Yeah, is, I, is this new news to you guys? Or? Well, no, just the the idea that he does it while he's working. Like I've listened to his podcast and heard him smoking before. But the guy who's hosting the his new show on uh, is it AMC Geeking Out? Yeah, yeah. And his co-host was saying how much of a high-functioning pothead he was, that he just smokes all day long. Well, you know those stand-up... While he works. And they're not stand-up specials, but the, the where he gives little speeches and stuff, different colleges and stuff like that. Who, Kevin Smith? Yeah. Have you ever seen those? Uh, uh, like uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old? Yeah, and Too, fat, too fat to Fly yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. When one of them, he talked about he, he stopped smoking cigarettes, and he actually became a pothead because of working with Bruce Willis on Cop Out. Or not Bruce Willis on Cop Out, excuse me. It was it was it was between uh working with um uh what's his face and and Zach and Mary make a porno? Uh Robinson? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah. And then, yeah, by the time he was working with Bruce Willis, he was like, Thank God I was an all day pothead because I couldn't have worked with Bruce Willis otherwise. Really I I I always figured like he was doing that shit all the time throughout his whole career. No, he he claims that he's not even a big, he's never been a big drinker or pothead until then. Really? He's like, you know, I've, he's a latecomer to the game. He's like Doug Benson. Like Doug Benson apparently didn't get high till he was like almost thirty. The he guy, wrote, the guy from Super High Me. Yeah. He, oh, dude, he went hardcore so, once. So he started. Kevin Smith wrote Dogma sober. Apparently. <laughs> well, nice <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Either that, or he just was around Jay so much that. He got a contact constantly. Maybe drink ayahuasca. Yeah, I, I I remember when I heard him, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Half the crowd, when they asked him the question, on one of them, he went to, it was like uh, an evening with Kevin Smith and an evening with Kevin Smith too, evening harder. And they were in... <laughs> what? It was an <laughs> evening with Kevin Smith too, evening harder. <laughs> and they went to they went to, to evening to, harder sounds like porno I do not want to watch <laughs> with Kevin Smith in it yeah, yeah. I know um, but yeah they went to 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 London and some guy got up and he's like hey you want to after that and he's like nah Jay might but I think he's trying to stay sober and the whole crowd was like oh you're so full of shit you know you're a pot and he's like I swear I'm not I've yeah. I've done it of course but I don't do it every day. That's Jay, you know. <laughs> that was the same one. It was so great. They were sitting there, and then one of the persons in the crowd stood up and just goes, 
Uh, so, Jay, I heard you got arrested on Monday, and Kevin Smith and Jay at the exact same moment go, on Monday? <laughs> like, no, it was Wednesday. I didn't get arrested on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin Smith just seems like uh, I mean, he's got adult ADD. Oh, I'd imagine so. so. I, I think when he found pot, he was like, okay, this, this levels me out. I think... <laughs> He's one of the rare cases where pot actually helps him focus. I think I fall in that category as well. I know we've talked I'm about right. it before. I don't know if it was on air, but it's I like the, the friend. I'm going to tonight because I ate half of an edible. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> ate like a quarter of that one. It's, it's like the friend you have that has ADHD and you do coke with him and he gets real focused all of a sudden. And you're like, right. wow, dude, you are really fucked up. You do need some like Adderall or something. Like, you need something to stay focused. Yeah. What's going on in the news this week? Trump. Ba- Trump backs off of his uh, hard stance on immigration and starts towing the Republican Party line. Because right week. now he is in a position to where he can... Like, he went insane for a couple weeks and couldn't shut up. And now... A couple he- weeks? <laughs> You know, old is he? <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hillary right now has got all those. divided by 12. Hillary's got those 15,000 emails she conveniently forgot to fucking mention. Oh, right. That came back. And up. apparently right now, uh, the Clinton fu- anything involving with the Clinton Foundation has got some shadiness attached to it. So right now, he's like, in my opinion, he's playing it straight, trying to capitalize on this. He's, it's down to her. She's only 5% ahead, and he can just kind of whittle away at that. Well, I think uh, both candidates are actually going up in the polls, which is strange, which doesn't bode well for the Green Party or Libertarians. No. In this case, but... Hey, man, I'm getting my Johnson well done I mean, in November. I had, I had read line. that uh, Hillary was over 50%, so, like, Donald's crawling up, but she's crawling up as well. I... I don't think he's necessarily closing the gap on her yet. The other day I saw 38 and 43 in a fucking, the worst clip art I've ever seen, by the way. Let me see if I can find what? it. All I know is that the polls are, there is such a wide discrepancy between what one organization says they polled, their poll results are and another one is that I almost don't even believe it anymore. I'll just wait for the election. I mean, I get that it's a good half-ass gauge for it, but I mean, if you talk, if you, if you talk, if you go to like alt-right websites, it's got Trump barely behind her. If you go to an obviously left-leaning website, it's got her crushing Trump and Trump's. You know, this like, thing I was looking at panic. was like an aggregator of a whole of like ten polls. Gotcha. It's from the New York Times, I think. I'm glad you mentioned alt-right, because this is something I was unfamiliar with until recently. Well, I brought it up last podcast. Yeah, I'd forgotten, I guess. <laughs> so alt-right is just, it's just a, a, a clever nickname for the extreme racists on the right. Yeah, I guess the way it was presented from... I listened to a podcast. I don't know who the guys were. They, it's not worth repeating their names. Very much like a bunch of... It sounded like a bunch of D&D playing guys trying to be like a bunch of pickup artists. And that was their... What? Like that, look at this clip art. Isn't this like the worst clip art of their faces? Uh, sure. I just want... There we go. 
It looks like someone's yeah. science fair project. I know, right? But yeah, uh, they so forty four thirty nine. Like, oh, like, he came forty four thirty nine. What's still five? Yeah, they they both moved up a point. What what's D and D have to do with the alt right? It it seemed like a bunch of like like a bunch of guys who were way into D and D who were trying to be pickup artists. Now it seems like what that was the starting point of their entire outlook on the world. Well, then somebody else is taking over the hashtag. But well, no, they kept they kept claiming alt right, and then I'm sitting there and I'm listening. It was like a four hour. First of all, it was a four hour long podcast. We were debating an hour and a half, two hours, and this shit was four hours long. So I skipped mm-hmm. around, obviously, mm-hmm. trying to hit the you know get some points from here because I was like, what the fuck are alt right? What is it like alt country? Is it Wilco? You know. But anyways, it seemed like what they were getting down to is it's the hardcore values without the religion. And also mm-hmm. a healthy dose of, as you said, racism, sexism. Well, here's some examples. Xenophobia tweets. thrown in for They're it. Hashtag alt right means. Oh yeah, because, it's, it's trending on Twitter also now. Right, alt right means you can knowing you cannot have a first world country with a third world population. <laughs> Say it okay. again. It, that almost sounds like. Uh, proposition for bringing back royalty like you can only be born into a certain class like you can't like every everybody's got to start from somewhere and alt-right means white people don't need to apologize for who they are or accept the smear that they have unearned privilege quote yeah i i saw a couple along those lines those were the ones that kind of jumped out to me the other ones were more attacking Hillary, but I just... This is the... They're referring to white privilege? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't really get that. Speaking of that, by the way, I saw something today. Mike White, who hosts the Projection Booth podcast, Yeah. suggested he was going to change his name to Mike White Privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well... So alt-right is just a clever name for the wackos that have always been out there. Extremists. Alt-right alt-right holds up Trump as their alpha male, and yes, they do speak in these terms, alpha male, uh, non-religious, very much like, okay, you fuck with us, we're going to crush you. This is how the, the guys on this podcast were coming away. And, of course... It's a podcast of these four meetings of the mind, and they all had their own podcast on their own. Mm-hmm. And I went and checked out a couple of them, and I mean, it, it just bitter ass white people, bitter ass lower lower working class white people who feel like they're okay for as smart as I am, I should be farther in the game, and I'm being held back because of affirmative action and and you know shit like that, and feminism is holding me back, and it's like feminism. Personally, I think most feminism these days is something to be laughed at. So each side joke. basically thinks the system is rigged just in a different way. It's the victimhood Olympics, man. Who can get gold and being victimized? Everybody everybody wants to be a victim, and that's, and, and they've joined in. Yeah, apparently even the Olympians. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. Swim shady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand this. Does anybody understand what's going on? In this situation, help! Yeah. Help! I'm being repressed. <laughs> <laughs> this must oppress me somehow. Yeah. I gotta find a way. Dude, who? Do, you asked. Uh, you I said, only know of Ryan. What's his name? Lochte. 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 I didn't know he wasn't like fifty until recently. 
I didn't know he was the pictures, the pictures I saw of him, he had that gray hair, like the pool fucked his hair up or something. No, I knew that. Was, dude, I got the real shit. I know that was fake. I was like, that's mm-hmm. some... Hey, oh, that could... He, yeah. He's what, what do you call it? He's a, look like... It's cultural out. appropriation. That's ageism on his part. I'm offended. Where's my fucking... Where's my hashtag? I'm, I have real gray hair. He has fake gray hair. Fuck <laughs> him. <laughs> gray hairs matter. Yeah, exactly. I earned this shit. You ever pull one out of your mustache, just like raw, yank the fucker? Oh, 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 god. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's not that I was offended by its presence; it's that it chose to stick straight out constantly. Yeah, they got a mind of their own. <laughs> yeah. the, it, the, the the rest of my hair on my face is brown, and then the white ones and the gray ones apparently are really in the segregation because they're trying to stand out from the rest and get <laughs> yeah. away from. Them. They don't want to lay down and get in line. Yeah, they, they do tend to be extra kinky. <laughs> well, anyways, so, uh, the alt-right thing, I just... Okay, yeah, we're going back to alt-right. Well, no, I just want to... It just seems to me it's it's a way to... Because the hardcore GOP, the old-school GOP, has rejected Trump pretty much... I mean, resoundingly have said, pretty much fuck him. You know, Ted Cruz getting up at the at the convention and doing what he did was a giant middle finger to Trump Republicans. Mm-hmm. So I think the alt-right is just a, a, a new catchphrase for I'm a Trump Republican. Right. Well, do you think this has something to do with the fact that he is now, um, I, I don't, I was going to say that he's leaning more centrally, but he, that's not, I mean, he was so far right on uh, issues like immigration, just coming a little bit, to the center doesn't really make him near the center still but towing the republican line like is he trying to distance himself from these crazy people that he stirred up in the first place this could be a new national anthem i think i i guess like you invite a bunch of drifters to a party and then go i don't know these people i guess i have to answer that question i know it's unfair to do it yeah i have to answer that question with a question yes which is do you honestly think that he one, I guess it's a question in two parts. Do you think that he actually is racist? And do you think he actually, or do you think he believes what he's saying? He really believes in it, or he's well, just saying it? Or And do you think it's he's really racist? I'm not convinced that he believes anything he's saying. I think he's saying a lot of stuff because he thinks it'll get him elected, thinks it'll buy him favor. For someone who, I mean, if you look at his track record, and I'm not on some Trump that's, shit. That's yeah, I'm not on some Trump shit. But if you look at his track record, he hires minorities and women in pos- in higher positions of power than most of your fi- Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to side with whoever he thinks is going to help his brand get farther. Yeah, I can buy that. I think and he's got ties in the Russian mob. And I don't think point. he keeps bringing up Russia. He's a developer. A he was a developer in New York, dude. Okay, he obviously. I mean, not to get off on some conspiracy theory shit. When he owes Sergey some kickback from but you, ten years you're ago, you're going to rub elbows with 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 some form of organized crime if you're doing. I heard some of that like, shit from some of the people I used to work with. They talk about some dudes that come around some of the neighborhoods. I, I don't think it's so much about whether I believe him or not. Whether he's tells, telling the truth, where he whether he believes himself, it's that his ideas, his morals are shapeable to fit whatever benefits him financially i think i think he is he, i think he's a he's a he's a shapeshifter he's a social chameleon i really do i, I think that if you put him hillary if, clinton was at his wedding wasn't she yeah so was bill and and, and yeah. bill had his bill had his hand around what is it, what's what's his melania? name melania melania minka whatever her name is yeah, because he's given them millions oh yeah over the years 
and once again, not to get off on some Trump shit, it's just if I'm trying to be fair, because I don't like Trump or Hillary, so fuck them both. In fact, if you're listening and you don't want to vote for them, vote for a third party. Fuck it. It's not throwing your vote away, but that's, that's, that's it. That's all I'm saying. You say. do have options. Yes, you do. Anyways. The Johnson Weld. He, I'm getting it in November. He wasn't politically active, but he was involved in the higher with higher ups who ran the largest city in the U.S., New York City. So, of course, he rubbed elbows with right and left. He's probably rubbed elbows yeah. with apolitical people, too. Perhaps balls. They just don't care. They just, they're, they, Titties. They're, they're rubbing everything. Their political party is capitalism. I want more money. You know. The, well, what about these emails that came out this week? Did they actually find anything, any juicy tidbits in there? or uh, To be continued, yeah. I think, at this point. There's no Like, only the other day, she's like, oh, hey, it's crazy. 15,000 of them. Forgot. My bad. So I believe now they have been handed over and now they're being examined. Here's 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 where I fall on that. I kind of uh, Jay backed up. It just looks shady, though. Jay backed up what I've heard from other tech guys, and they, I know they but all it, do this. They all go, "Oh God, really? This is so fucking." There's so much more to nail her to the wall on. This is just something that you can easily get the fucking masses behind. Oh, I know, yeah, but I now think it it just did, now it just looks shady, though. Like, oh, whoops, fifteen thousand. It's yeah, but, not like it was like a hundred. You're 57, right. 15,000. Oops. <clears throat> I don't know. It, I, it just del- deludes the message. It diverts the attention away from the, what I think is a bigger issue here, what's really going on with, this, with the Clinton Foundation. I mean, that's really all the issue that you need if you really wanted to aggressively take her down. Well, it hasn't, and, hasn't Bill said he's going to stop uh, giving speeches for money? Mm-hmm. Like now that we're what ninety days <laughs> out from the election, now they got how magnanimous of you, you know. But uh, right. now that they got forty two million in the bank, he's right. gonna stop. Yeah. This is like the guy at the uh, all you can eat place who's got thirty chicken wing bones on his plate, and they tell him <laughs> they tell him they're about to close the buffet down. He's like, "Well, I can stop eating chicken wings now, I guess." Or I was that's, I, I, that's fine. I've had enough, I guess. But can I? Can I get just one more chicken right. wing? Just one more. Just, just give me one. Just give me a to-go container. Yeah, exactly. I'll get out of your hair. I'll let you close up. Well, the Clinton Foundation. I'm. I've I've heard enough and read enough to where I'm kind of leery of big char- charitable organizations because money does not go. More money goes towards keeping those organizations going than goes towards what the organization is supposedly there for. A lot of times. And, I mean, he, it's he's Slick Willie and his wife. Mm-hmm. You really think all that money is going to where, you know, helping some poor kid somewhere? Oh, come on now. Some of it has to do some. Some of it, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say tops but, 15%. Yeah. Helping. And I think that'd be, a, I think that's pretty, that's pretty uh, generous of me. Call me cynical, but. Well, it is. To, to Bill helping give shelter to teenage runaways. Yes, to, to, to girls outside of uh, <laughs> the Hustler Club on 8 Mile. Do you yeah. need a place to stay? I got um, one for you. Among the issues that the Clinton Foundation <laughs> right, tackles. Right under my balls. Uh, one of it, one of them is uh, global warming, which is interesting in so much as that in talking about the election, this is the only time that global warming has come up. And we had scientists say that this year's been the hottest year on record ever. 
for the entire world. Portland just set a record the other day when they got to 100. You don't even need scientists. They've broken. Just ask people. I know, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know, like, yeah, and observe weather. Like that's if you but if you can look at how the weather that's been going down about the last decade and tell me shit ain't happening. So you're a fucking idiot. And we're back to denial. Mm-hmm. I I heard someone. I wish I could remember the article or video I watched. I don't know. They they get mixed up so much because I just shove so much shit in my head trying to same here. Trying to get it from different sources and try to pick apart until I get to what I think's the truth. And anyways, someone said something that to me was it, it rang a strong chord with me. It was this election more so than anyone in recent memory is not about issues. It's not even about ideology. It's about don't look at me. It's about That's each candidate strategy. It's you got Hillary over here and you got you know to the left and you got Trump to the right and they're both circling the presidency waiting for the other one to fuck up bad enough to where they can just walk in and take it. They're not trying to win it. They're trying to not lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like I think that's a fucking perfect way to describe well, it. I think well, the last sports time- Playing not to lose is never a good strategy. You play to win the game. Yeah. Sporgy. <laughs> we'll be coming back next week. iTunes, because we're going to But, um, I mean, because think about it. What issues are we really talking about? Are, are we really going to build a fucking wall and make Mexico pay for it? Are, are we, are, is, is Hillary really going to take your guns? Hey, no, these, these are in the bridge that we're, we're building, that we're making Canada pay for. Everyone's forgetting that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that bridge is like, what, one one-hundredth the size of the wall would need to be? Well, I actually think Canada was like, nah, we'll pay And there for was it. a lot of shit over that bridge here locally. Yeah, Canada wants well, a think, bridge, well, I think Canada said, we'll pay for it, and then we'll keep all the tolls. And we'll, we were going, all right, cool. But anyway. I, I, I think me, Donald the, Trump, it, his shit was just as impractical as Bernie Sanders, just in a different way. I mean, I guess... I can see where Bernie was making points about how we could pay for the stuff that he wanted. I don't see Trump besides going, we're going to build a wall and you're going to pay for it. And the president of Mexico or whatever the fuck they got down there, there's a video of him going, I'm not paying for that fucking wall. Flat out live on Fox News. And and you can see the talking head on Fox News go, oh, and get this look on her face. And he's like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you people, I'm not paying for a wall. We are not paying for it. Well, he's he's not talking about a wall anymore. At the moment, I mean... True. Things could change. That's the other thing. He also is... He's very much on teleprompter now, compared to being off teleprompter when he started. Yeah, Yeah, he's Donald Bot at this point. I think I think I think the people that were in the middle about him in the G, in the on, in the GOP said, "Okay, look, fuck it. This is the this is the hand we've been dealt. We have to do something. We have to rein him in just a little bit. Get someone in there in his in his campaign who can get him to play ball just a little bit, because Donald most of the time he shoots himself in the foot with a lot of the shit he said over the what last eighteen months, fourteen months, whatever it's been since he announced." Yeah, but it always seems a couple weeks later he just bounces right back. Because he says some outlandish shit or he points to Hillary Teflon and he goes, down. look at this shit. Yeah, it's some John Gotti shit. It's art of war shit. It's constantly attack your opponent and shift where you're attacking them from to keep them off balance. And eventually, they just get fucking, they just get so wore down they throw up their hands and quit. I mean, it's how, they, it's how HIV and AIDS works. It attacks your immune <laughs> system from so many different angles. Eventually, your immune system just stops. Well, good news. 
That's it. If we do fuck up the planet with uh, global warming or with the Trump presidency, mm-hmm. we found a close neighbor we could easily terraform. I, I saw oh, that the other day. Proxima B yeah. I'm is only 4.2 light years away. I'm down. Send me. Fuck it. I, I'll go. Which, I don't know how we're going to do the podcast, but uh, <laughs> does the internet work in space? <laughs> they do have satellite internet. <laughs> I'll go. Fuck it. Load me in like four It'll other work. people It'll work. You just have a lag of 4.2 years. <laughs> <laughs> just schedule them in the future. Way in future. Right. I'll have a lot of editing in my future. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I know yeah. this is going to sound like some science fiction shit, but it really is something that as a species we really need to address at some point if we don't destroy ourselves. What the fuck are we going to do? Because this planet is not infinite. The sun will eventually go supernova, and that will be the wow. end of us as we know it. It might be 4 billion years from now, and there might be seven ice ages between then or whatever the fuck. These are but, questions I'm worrying about. But these are right. points that, like, why are we not addressing this outside of a fucking horrible uh, movie to 2012? Well, and there's are. some arc somewhere for John Cusack to hop on. But I mean, it's if the not that we aren't fly, addressing it as a about, species, but Bruce Willis, don't forget, we need to send him up to the asteroid. But you know, the lack of planning on behalf of the the human race in general. I mean, that's like our our greatest failing. We've developed the intelligence to predict the future, only to ignore it. Well, I what I hear constantly from people is it's too dangerous. What's too dangerous? To actually go out and colonize out off of the planet Earth. Even the moon is too dangerous. And I'm like, okay, anywhere, if that was... Anywhere that's been colonized ever was too dangerous. Thank you. Thank you. So if that was the case, we'd have never fucking went anywhere. You'd have just been born right. where you were born and just been like, I like my little piece of dirt. I'm going to hop around yeah. right here. We wouldn't have Vegas. Yeah, what if Columbus said it's too dangerous? What about his piece of dirt? It looks like it's got some uh, leafy green shit on there we could probably eat and some animals right. we could hunt, but it's probably dangerous over there. Right, Stay right. over here. Well, luckily, we have the type of people in our population... They get a hard on when they hear things like it's too dangerous. We have crazy motherfuckers who are willing to jump into space capsules and, and spend four years, you know, and travel to another planet just to have that experience. They don't give a fuck. Trump. Trump. You want to prove you, <laughs> you, wanna, you, wanna prove you got the balls, homie? I'll vote for you if you get on that spaceship. <laughs> then you can start your own planet, your no, own no, image. That's, that's what it, that's his. You can his, be Cheeto Jesus on planet B over surrounding their nearest. That's side. his plan if he loses the election. <laughs> it's going to be the the most fantastic planet ever. I'm going to do this, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be so awesome. And everybody's going to talk gonna, with one finger in the air. The Trump point. <laughs> I know it's it's the same as the. The the, the, yeah, the slick Willy, yeah. The Bill Clinton uh, thumb point. Yeah, the passive aggressive. I'm pointing at you, but mm-hmm. not really. But seriously, though, I mean, this is something that we we don't even we haven't even got we haven't even explored all of Earth. And yeah, the the two from I was talking about this the other day with somebody because I went to the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum in McMinnville, Oregon. Yeah. I saw the fucking Spruce Goose. Okay, I never thought I'd ever see that thing ever. Yeah. Apparently, How fucking huge is that thing, man? It's fucking huge. Like, apparently, C-130s <laughs> are smaller than it. <laughs> I mean... All right, let's... Spruce Goose. It's apparently also called the Hercules. We need a better answer to how big it is. It's 
It's a fucking big, man. 300,000 pounds. 219 feet. Its wingspan is 320 feet. Yeah. Hey, all I know is that Francis Ford Coppola said Leonardo DiCaprio got it in the air for a second, so I believe it. <laughs> but what I was saying while I was at this museum is I went to the space part and just looking at things that had actually been in space. Like, Whoa, fuck, that shit's actually been in space. Oh, see. But thinking about extreme up and extreme down are the two things, the two last frontiers. See, you know, same shit with the bottom of the ocean, shit that makes it the bottom of the ocean. I take for granted that spending time in florida during my school years we used to go to the kennedy space center all the time and they have those fucking like saturn five rockets laid out on their side and you can walk the length of them you're just like Mm -hmm. like when you see them and you realize that you had three guys and a tiny capsule on top of all that firepower you're like those guys had balls big enough to come in a dump truck it's that's insane yeah it's not as big as you would think (laughs) well no but what i'm saying is it's just like well, I was a kid also. Everything's huge when you're a kid. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I went back to the house, I remember when I was a little kid, I'd walk in and go, who the fuck shrunk this? But still, it's just... To me, it's like... We've never really done anything. I mean, you had guys like Carl Sagan. You had guys like Arthur C. Clarke saying, you know, look, this is just the cradle. We need to get the fuck out of the cradle. We can't stay in the cradle all our lives. And humans aren't meant to do that. And for a minute... I mean, granted, it was fueled by the Cold War, but for a minute, it seemed like, okay, we might actually tar- start taking steps towards it. And now we just, okay, we went to the moon, and Russia threw their hands up, and now Richard Branson's our only hope. Yeah. Virgin well, Intergalactic it, Airlines or it's whatever. A, it's another thing that we shouldn't look to our governments to solve. Another problem our governments are not going to solve for us. It's going to be private companies that take the reins on actual space exploration. Uh, I'm feeling fucking Elon Musk can be the first motherfucker on Mars. Nobody's tax dollars are going to pay to terraform another planet. Which is dumb because we do much better than we do blowing up other countries, delivering them freedom where they don't want it. But that's... I don't know. It's just something I've come to accept. We're never going to fucking stop being... Elon Musk is going to put a condo on the moon. In other words, hey, well, if I guess if you're, I mean, super, super wealthy, you'll be able to, you know, go enjoy that. And they can live out their little Ayn Rand circle jerk or Ayn Rand circle jerk. That would be some white privilege shit right there. That's some point oh one percenter shit. <laughs> I live on the moon. A summer on the moon. You are all I long. I know that I know that you guys are more. Uh, of the small government bent than I am, but it, to me, it's just a terrifying idea that private industry is going to drive space exploration. Because <laughs> I just, to me, it's just because. But <sighs> as opposed to what, like a community effort, <laughs> like private. Why can we? Why can we get a whole country? Well, most of most of our country ready to go bomb somebody else on some bullshit, but well, we can't for our own best interest. Is it because we have the cynical attitude of why even bother, or is it because because you want your top people on this and your top people you have to pay the most? So you need a corporation to come up with that kind of money. So there's no way that anybody can work together on this. That it could be. Well, I just have competency issues with the government doing anything really 
They just they prove us right over and over that they are. Right. Look at your situation well, I mean, earlier this year. Which one? Getting arrested a year and a oh, half later. Well, yeah. For your fucking license yeah. that you paid off. Record keeping's not their strongest point. Yeah, especially uh, was Suit, it Saint Clair Shores? Uh, no, it was no. Lansing. Mm. Lansing, Lansing, pretty much didn't send an email, and a year yeah. and a half later. He's getting pulled over, like, hey, you got a warrant out. For what? You're driving on suspended license. You mean this license that I paid for a year and a half ago and got back? Gee, it sounds you just like what happened to me. in charge of getting us to the moon? <laughs> that's kind of well, that's my point. But what, what's your alternative? Uh, if government can't do it and private industry is too scary uh, to be left in charge of such a, an important mission, are the only other option would be something like a, uh, a um, shit, what are they called? <laughs> the guys in the blue helmets. The UN? Yes, the UN, thank you. The United Nations or some group like that or the, the World Health Organization, like some... Who? Some, uh, you know, group that's not necessarily overseen by, a gov- by any particular government getting together and getting this shit done. I mean, okay, well, and I mean, that, the only way something here. like that's going to happen is when we enter crisis mode. Well, then, of course, yeah. Then all of a sudden we're going to find out, oh, we've had all these contingency plans. I've away. seen well, apocalypse movies. Something's going to happen and we're going to have to leave the planet. Someone's got to figure that shit out. Make it a race. The government can step in and incentivize the private industries to do it. That's why I said a joint venture of some sort. There's a joint venture. Okay, like, look, hey, you are, yes, you are a private industry. First you, one to get us can, to Mars gets a billion you, dollars. But you have use of Kennedy, and you have use of, mm-hmm. you know, parts of Kennedy Space uh, Center. You have, you, you know, parts, uh, use, uh, use of parts of Houston and, and et cetera, et cetera. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, to me... This is bigger than just the government or private industry, and I don't want either one to have a monopoly on it. Yeah, but you have a large percentage of the por- the population that doesn't understand how important space exploration is, and they don't want any of their tax money, even if it's just a penny, I know, going I towards something like that. I I hear those I hear those types, and they're like, "But I don't mind bombing me some brown people, but fuck that space." I, I saw a Fox News thing says fake anyways. This bunch of bullshit. Right. Take my fucking money. Stop giving it to them welfare darkies. No, keep your government hands off my Medicaid. Right. NASA is like squeezing every penny, and probably underpaying for the quality of people that they're getting just because those people want to work for NASA and want to be involved in what's going on there. And meanwhile, you know, the military is still spending uh, $82 for a hammer. What's really Probably sa- more now. What's really sad is that I think eventually what would happen is no matter if it's a joint venture between a corporation, corporations and and a government if it's all one or the other we'd fuck it up just because as a society, as a society just because we'd start arguing about bullshit like the guy that had like the mar the, the mars lander yeah t-shirt gate what did his shirt say something like he, he had an old star trek shirt said where no man's gone before or something like that or uh, i don't remember one, i don't remember one, what the controversy one over the man shirt was. couldn't do it but mankind could or something like that and all of a sudden people lost their shit oh, and were like it, 
because women were involved as well. This proves this proves just how uh, exclusive and, and and not inclusive that the STEM area is, and we need to have more diversity in it. It's like well, no one's, and this is where I agree with you guys. No one sticks a gun to your head and says study women's fucking studies in, in college, African dance. Uh, I'm I got I got my masters in in, in African American studies. Are you going to Moorhead? I don't think they're going to hire you, John Smith. So I think you just kind of pissed away fucking six years. Is the next generation, like, when they read about these heroes who traveled to the moon, like, when they read that phrase, it's going to be deleted. It's going to be redacted. It'll just say, like, you know, non-gender specific noun here. Like, <laughs> Zer. This that's is one a, step for Zer, one, <laughs> one giant <laughs> leap for Zer kind. The other day I was talking to some female managers and I said manpower and I stopped and I said people power. <laughs> there you go. I got a woman studies major upstairs. It happens, man. Everybody, you'll be assimilated, dude. It's just like in the book Three Thousand and One. It's it's the fourth sequel in the in the Two Thousand One series, and an astronaut from Two Thousand One. They bring him back. It's it's convoluted why he's brought back to life. But anyways, it's a thousand years in the future. They've removed God from text. They say Deuce instead of God or deity. Deuce, not as in your <clears throat> Deuce, but you know, like. It just it, it, every, all the texts have been as you were joking, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's how it's written. It, it has been expunged. All it's one world religion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, dude, how many times has the history books been rewritten in our lifetime? Yeah, history's constantly being rewritten. Exactly. <laughs> I remember having a fourth That's edition it. history book in the middle of the semester, switching to a fifth edition, and going. Well, wait a minute, where's all the shit that we read in the fourth edition? That's no longer valid. How the fuck is history no longer valid? That's that was my first experience in history is is actually as pliable as our own memories are. You know, the um memory isn't as constant as some people may think. It, when you when you every time that you that you remember something, especially like an event, mm. You are replaying that event in your head, mm-hmm. and it's a copy of a copy of a copy. It's like it's like if every time you wanted to watch your VHS tape, you had to record it onto another one. So every time you watched it, it got worse and worse. Okay, that's how memory works. So, you know, right. the things like we have specific things that like stick out in our memories of like you know memorable moments. Like Luke, I am your father, and he but, never said that. But it's all idealized. Every every last bit of it is is idealized, and your how you experience that and the emotions that surround that surround that memory. I read an article today greatly. about cognitive down or cognitive offloading. What is co- cognitive offloading? It's fucking. Um, it's fucking right. And what's he so far? Damn, <laughs> trying to remember. It well, it was just it was an article about how uh, Google's rewiring our brains. Oh yeah, we talked about how we've our, how people with smartphones, how everyone's got to take a fucking picture rather than uh, try to have the memory. Mm-hmm. That's happening too. Uh, yeah, it's part of the the outsourcing. So it's it's leading to evolution. It's leading it's leading to people like having less 
vivid memories of things because whatever I took a million pictures I know I don't need to remember anything associated with this the smells the taste any of the emotions I felt because I took a picture so they're drawing a correlation between taking a lot of pictures and having a poor memory of something well that well just the no, smartphones the, in general well no, no I get the Wait, smartphones uh, thing but I, I, I just just real quick I've never been one to take a lot of pictures. I don't like. No, I'm not. When, I'm when not family, take a hundred pictures, guy. When family dies and I, you know, I end up inheriting stuff. At the casket. I go through the the pictures and I'm like, okay, I'll take out ones like specific ones I want, mm-hmm. and the rest of them go in the trash. People are like, how could you do that? How will you remember it? Because I, it's up here in my head. Why do I need a picture? <coughs> no, but, but what you're talking about is that we've, uh, I want to say, outsourced our brain, but. Our brains have adapted to the tech, the current technology that we have. So remembering phone numbers and shit. Oh, forget that shit. Is is no longer uh, something that we spend brain power on because it's all right here. But I bet you remember your first phone number. Nope. You don't remember your very first phone number. Do not. Oh shit! What about you? Which one? My, See, I know my you, parents. I know the line I had when I was a teenager. Now, I couldn't tell you my first cell phone number no. that I had in 99 or I'm my first about the pager that, number. It's about the one that when we were kids, our parents made us memorize in case, like, Oh, fuck yeah, lost. bitch. That's Hell what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's like my social security number. Unless Alzheimer's hits or I, I stroke out, I'm going to remember it. I sent you that I don't remember. Article. I don't remember. Do you remember your social security number? I remember my social security okay. number. No, no, no. I know that. I know my driver's license number, too. As but do I, I. Don't, I don't remember. And maybe my memory is failing me. It's totally possible. But I don't remember uh, being asked to memorize my home phone number. Well, I don't know. That, that might have just been our parents a little bit paranoid, you know, because yeah. we are a little bit younger. So we were raised during that whole. Adam, when he was the guy who who went on, what was it John Walsh or whatever, John, who went on to do America's there's Most Wanted? Yeah, there there was definitely in the seventies a much more hands off approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and I'm right on the cusp of that because most for the most part, I was hand, my, my family was hands off. Yeah, but my then, parents were in nature and yeah. these were nurture. <laughs> and and then, and it, but then my mom was like, oh, God, I think it was just oh God, if he gets lost. I don't want to have to deal with people asking questions. Just memorize our, our fucking number. I think it was more f- for her than me. <laughs> the term cognitive <laughs> offloading was developed by Canadian researcher Evan F. Risco and his British colleague Sam Gilbert. According to them, this is a process that has been going on for centuries or more. For instance, for decades now, we've been using calculators to do our finances and writing down important dates in the calendar. Mm-hmm. But no technology has altered how we think quite like the Internet. So this begs the question, what might this be doing to our brains? Uh, They found that people who use technology when they try to believe it is superior to their own capabilities. Though we may believe offloading hurts our memories, people do need these devices because we are capacity limited. So such devices allow us to subvert our cognitive limits, according to these dudes. I mean, (laughs) that's why we are successful is because we are adaptable. And our... We adapted to the point where we could use technology to adapt even further. This goes all the way back to starting a fire to cook your food instead of eating it raw. Right? Previously, our stomachs were capable of eating raw meat and processing it like most predators. Right? You don't see chimpanzees cooking up shit. 
they eat even, uh, they eat other chimps raw. Watch your house cat outside. Right. <laughs> right. They're not like, hey, we got to get some barbecue sauce and make this medium rare. So we outsourced that part of our stomach that would pro- that was able to process raw foods. Now we cannot. We will get sick if we eat raw meat. Right. It's it's no different. We've adapted and we've used technology to further our own evolution and take control of it. It's the same thing with with any technology, including the internet or a smartphone or a computer or whatever it may be. But this one guy, this uh, there's another guy. He believes that focus and deep contemplation are what we are giving up. Right. Well, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I, to as, me, as our brain, it's the exact opposite. This new skill Look, using air quotes on a podcast we're no we're giving up something else but we're we're advancing at a, a at such an exponential rate because we are able to outsource these things and not have we are able now to take time for contemplation because we don't have to farm for 14 hours a day and then it's eat fuck and go to sleep and get up and repeat just to make sure that there's food on the table. This is all part of these conveniences that have allowed us to have the time to actually think about the bigger issues, like where the fuck are we going to live next? (laughs) The end of the article does come on your side of the fence there with saying uh, people were saying the same things about the printing press. Yeah. Well, it's any new technology. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, it's It's fear of anything new. And that fear is part of it's it's hardwired in us, just as fight or flight is. I right. mean, it it's something we can't get over. But I don't. You did it's say an irrational well, fear to say like, oh, we can't go back from this, right? Oh, well, well, once we outsource this part of our brains to the internet, there's no going back. Well, yes, evolution is a one way street. You know, you can't jump back into the ocean and sprout fins. That's not how this shit works. It's always moving forward. Fucking, I knew Waterworld lied to me again. <laughs> ah. um, going back to part of the article, you said that we're giving up two things. What were they again? Focus and contemplation. Okay, focus. Deep contemplation. Focus. Leave the word deep. Focus is, I mean, let's, let's look at the word focus. It's a fancy way of saying attention span. I mean, how long can you focus on a single issue? How long can you focus on this? What? Exactly. I, I, I would say that attention spans have gotten shorter, but that's because we can process information at a faster rate than yes. we, we used to. Yes. Now, deep contemplation. Yes, yes, yes. I'm processing I w- at a fast rate. <laughs> <laughs> deep contemplation, I, I agree with because... I, no, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I mean, maybe it's just my own personal experience. You but. and me might sit down, or you, you and me, you and I might sit down and have a deep conversation. Yeah. But whereas that used to happen with friends I had 20 years ago, they don't have the patience nor the will to have a conversation that's deeper well, than most puddles you step in. And I don't know if that's just because they've gotten older. Yes, there are more distractions than ever available. And if you're the type of person that is easily distracted or that's all you're really looking for out of life is a distraction, then there you go. You're fucking set. But not everyone's Albert Einstein, right? The, the type of, it's not like we're losing brilliant minds because there's too much to watch on Netflix. Those people just aren't taking that in right you know those people that are devoted to science or politics or 
business or whatever it is that drives them mm. to make them successful, they have something different than, let's face it, the majority of the population do. No, I agree and with I agree with that, and I I would even go so far as to say they, some of the people I know who are best in the fields there and that I know personally. Mm-hmm can have four different things going at once and process it all yeah and still focus on what they're doing their main they're like it can work i have a buddy who's got you go to his house he's got five fucking monitors he's got rust on this screen he's got fucking netflix playing on this screen he's writing code on two screens and he's got his fucking and i'm like how the fuck are you paying attention to all this and he's like i just take it all in i'm like bullshit and he'll tell me what they fucking said on this and he's playing rust at the same time as he's coding my old drummer man go over to his house He's playing a video game while watching TV while the radio was on. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Overstimulation. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I've, I've tried to do that. It's like my brain's only going to pay attention to one thing. The only thing that I'm works to the point together. Now where I've realized like when I read something and I'm listening to a podcast, yeah. I'll pause the podcast oh, yeah. because I want to absorb the information of what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. If I'm reading something and I want to listen to something, I'll stop reading so I can listen. Like it's... I, I know my limits. Listening to music and reading are the only two things that I can do at the same time. And even then, if a song comes on that really interests me, I'll put the book down and go, okay, what's this? You know, I'm yeah. not processing both equally. <laughs> I'm not that good. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe when I was younger, because I, I, I used to do this all the time when I was younger, I'd always have, like, I had my tape collection, I had my boombox on my nightstand and I'd just I'd, I'd set it up to where I'd play one side of a tape and I'd click over to the second deck and then mm-hmm. start playing the other tape and I'd just read and wouldn't stop until you know both tapes both sides of the tapes had played right. flip them over start it again and I mean I'd listen to the music but I wouldn't I can't what I'm getting at is I, I, I don't know how I did that then when I was 14 because I try to do it now and I'm like yeah. uh, if it's brains change well, also, a lot of it is, I think, because when you ever notice how kids will always listen to the same or watch the same thing over and over yeah. and over, there's a lot of the same music. Now it's like if I'm listening to music, I try to find new stuff. If I'm trying to listen to new stuff or I'm reading a book I, I haven't read before, obviously I want to concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really retreading over the, the same stuff over and over like I did when I was 14. Yeah, there's very few things, though, that I go back and watch. I mean, even movies that I really enjoy, TV shows that I really enjoy, books. I There's too much new shit out there to, like, rewatch any of that shit. I know, there's very particular things. But, but oh, oh, shit. What was the point that I wanted to make and I lost it? God damn it. It's ironic of what lyrics just happened when you <laughs> fell off the train now it's bothering me I'm stuck in that like I'm on the precipice of remembering what the fuck it was I was gonna say yeah and we have a music bed no editing this yeah I know <laughs> I just want to see, I just want to see how long it'll squirm on the hook. This is kind of fun because usually I'm the one that's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot what I was saying." Oh, I remember. Okay, hey, I, we're back. I am part of the MTV generation, right? Yeah. What did they say about MTV? That it was ruining people's minds. Why? No, because it's just ruined music. Because instead. because everything was so 
chopped up and all i mean really fast edits and i have to there was a lot of videos that would get played on mtv that would bother me because they were so heavily edited and all the all the cuts were really short mm. but so the, the the idea was like oh well p- because of mtv people's attention spans are getting shorter right well, what do we have now? Yeah, we have a whole population of people with less attention spans, but everything's moving faster. So if I was, like, you know, raised in a bunker and didn't experience MTV, I would probably be at a disadvantage. The same thing, like, people talk now about how, well, kids are all on device. They have phones, they have iPads, they have their own computers, they're on them all the time. It's not good for them. Well, yeah, everything in moderation. And to be on it constantly, I agree, nothing constantly works out well, usually. But I don't want my kids to be at a disadvantage either, right? If this is how they're communicating, if this is the way that the future of business, of politics, of anything on earth is going to run, they're going to have to be part of that and know how to speak that language and communicate with people in ways that they understand. Definitely. So... Like I've 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 heard people talk about how Facebook is more of it's now become more for people of our generation and like Twitter and mm-hmm. Snapchat and Instagram are for I mean let's be honest if you're under eighteen you, legally you're a kid so that that's how a lot of kids these days and what's Twitter Twitter's one hundred and forty characters right yeah that's all you can put down for now it's about to change like ten thousand. What? At some point this year. Then it won't be Twitter. Yeah. Hey, man. I don't run Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Why attack me? Welcome to Blogspot. I know, Welcome right? to Tumblr. Welcome to fucking <laughs> Reddit. Everywhere else where you can go on and on about shit you know nothing about. Hey, I... I or what you had I wish dinner. we could sit down in that meeting. Hey, um, guys, what's the one thing that makes us unique? Let's get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this unique shit. But, uh... No, and it's, it's kind of true because I... I had signed up for Twitter a few years ago, and because of Sporgy and talking to Chris, he's like, everything happens on Twitter. Sports, a podcast, it is, man. And, and sports, especially, and I've heard this from people besides you, they're like, you got to be on Twitter for you know for constant sports updates, et cetera, et cetera. Twitter is I great get on there for and news. I'm like, I get on there, and I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't have anything to say. Yeah. Every five minutes, like... Like I follow some like some people, and I'm talking like news organizations, and it's just like the is someone sitting there just going, "Oh, this just popped in my mind. I better post this." Right. It's like, no, dude, you're ESPN. Don't you know? Yeah. If Did you yeah. see the shoes Lochte was if wearing, if I followed sports like that, or um, uh, you know, I wanted to know when my favorite band was coming to town. That would be a good use for Twitter. And my, uh, you know, if if you want up-to-date information with people that interest you great this idea that everyone needs to have a twitter account i i don't understand it well and also like piggybacking on what you were saying we're everything is is so much more rapid fire and things are changing so at, at such a quicker pace like a perfect example, listening to a, 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 the radio earlier today, and they were talking about a Twitter post from seven years ago from someone. And they were like, could this be the same person who posted this seven years ago? And I'm like, 
Twitter celebrated a decade this year. And I'm like, it's that di- like, it's that different. Like, and, but then think about seven years ago. Think about the shit that we've that we've had in the last two years. Seven years ago, did you think that we would be discussing transgendered people? On an, I mean, like, not in, as in, hey, look at the tranny. Not in the Howard Stern point and laugh, hey, look at this weirdo. But, I mean, where they're going to use the bathroom, their rights. I think a lot know, of what the they're gonna be, what, 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 right. are the, are, conversations we're having would be ripped out of the onion 20 to 25 years ago I, that I, we're having now. I, I kind of agree, and this is what this is the one thing I had for the podcast today, and, I, and it's something that I talked to a few of my friends' kids about who were, well, I mean, they're teenagers. I said, you know, when I was your age, our fight was to not be labeled, to not be put yeah. into a box and say, you are this. this. this well, this generation's on Adderall, their OCD, they got to label everything. And it seems like it seems like the fight now is to to find something to be labeled you're, as. Find your group. Yeah. yeah, find your people, and I mean it's it's even as something as silly as, and I didn't notice this until it was pointed out to me, but a lot of the, a lot of my friends' teenage daughters, the more left leaning they are, mm-hmm. like the ones that color their hair, that's, that's that's what I'm talking about. The more left leaning they are, usually it's like blue, or right, you know, so you know something like that, and the more. In, in fact, I guess there's a meme about this: the silver-haired or gray or white-haired redneck racist chick, like the chick who's like, "I only date guys who drive trucks" and stuff yeah. like that. And I started looking like at videos online, and it kind of holds up. It, the stereotype kind of holds up, and I'm like, "Isn't this what we didn't want?" I mean, isn't this what like when we were kids, we just like, "Hey, what?" So, what are you? Are you a goth? Are you a burnout? Are you a I'm me, man. What you know? I, mean, I typed in "silver-haired racist chick" meme or any of these, those. No, it was videos. It was uh, country chick. Uh, blah 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 blah. I can't remember. Well, anyways, I asked a few of them. I said, so "Is is this on purpose?" And they're like, "I don't know. It's just a, th- a lot of the feminists dye their hair blue or color their hair blue, and I think that that's where that comes from." I'm not really sure about the silver-haired or gray-haired thing because. I don't really know anyone like that. And I'm like, well, of course you don't because you identify yourself as like, you know, you have a list this long as what you identify as and you don't associate with anyone outside of that list or any, unless it's online to argue with somebody. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, when, when we were hanging out, when, when, you know, talking about me, when I say we, I'm talking about me and my crew when I was younger, we had all types of people in our crew. And I mean, it was... At one point, like we get jokes because we had one kid who had long hair but wore the the starter Raiders jacket and a Raiders hat. We were like, "What kind of confused wigger are you?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you call him White Cube. <laughs> like, dude, seriously, you understand? Like, and this is before Kid Rock made the shit, so you could somewhat get away with it in certain circles. No one was dressing like that. I mean, you know, combat boots, flannels, and starter jackets. You know, it's like. No one was no one was pigeonholing. I just okay. It's apparently you like the West Coast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you're covering. You're covering. You're covering from the the North all the way to San Diego on the yeah. West Coast. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I this is something that I'm not understanding. And since I don't have a kid that is of like school age anymore, yes, yeah, she's college age, but 
like is this something that, is this something they're doing in schools more are they trying are they like are they going okay like we're going to lump this group of kids together because it's got to be coming from somewhere that I'm just not well, seeing because I'm not involved in it I think that everyone wants to find their family and when you're and when your blood family doesn't stay together or you know doesn't live up to your expectations or whatever it may be you'll find your family somewhere else this is why we have well still uh massive amounts of gang activity across the country because these people don't have a family and they find a new family um in uh uh oh shit what's the author's name um, that did uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut, in his book Slapstick, one of his characters runs for president, actually becomes president, and part of the platform is, uh, and the plan that is executed afterwards, is everyone gets a shared name, right? So there's like this X amount of number of names, and everyone gets assigned one of those, you know, 20 or 100 names. Mm -hmm. And that is your new extended family. So Just by virtue of the name you've been assigned. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And it actually works to, to bring people together that are were previously strangers. You meet someone, you know, and they have the same, let's say it's, uh, you know, whatever your normal name is with Clover at the end of it. Oh, you're a Clover too. Well, so am I. I got a couple neighbors that are clovers as well. Let's get together. You, know? you like Spice but, Girls? But, yeah, I mean, sometimes we find family in bad ways that leads us into illegal activities or dangerous things or unhealthy activities. And Sometimes you meet the family like Corleone. But it, it is interesting to me when people try to, uh, they try and be different and they just end up finding the family that's just like them, right? <laughs> and and sometimes those families grow out of control. Like, well, oh, well, I'm going to get a bunch of tattoos to stand out and be different and be that freak. But yeah. like, everyone's got a fucking tattoo now. So who's your family? Exactly. When I used to like, work who, at the mall, do you actually identify? You can't put, pick two people with with tattoos and and think that they would have anything to talk about with each other anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to work at the mall. We used to make fun of the quote-unquote alternatines in yeah. my rip on them is be like hey we're gonna fucking uh cry individuality while we're all dressing exactly the same that's right. a, yeah it's right. like slc punk like why do you dress that way oh yes. i dress this way to rebel against society and blah blah, blah. well every other punk's dressed that yeah. way aren't you pretty much wearing a uniform when yeah. I was in a band... Aren't you just as bad as wearing a suit? Yeah. I figured we were the most fuck you band out there because everyone in our band, none of us had tattoos or piercings. Like when I was in a metal band, it was, you, you go to the gigs and it seems like the <laughs> uniform is you got to have tats, you got to have shit in your face, you got to... And we show up, no tats, no piercings, like, fuck you, we're the most metal out of all y'all. You all look the same. Yeah, I just had discussions over like, why don't you have any tattoos? And I'm like, okay, once again, fat guy, tattoo, take silly putty, put it on a newspaper, pull it <laughs> off, now stretch it. <laughs> but what if you lose weight? Can you put the silly putty back to where it looks <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> okay, no matter what, 
it's going to look like I'm hitting G's. You know what I'm saying? I'm Not unless just... you get like a mad fold in. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it, over time, it, like, and then it strikes back down and... Like, hey, oh, this was, this, oh, he, yeah, he'd lost weight because, yeah, his fold-in went back in, and then he put it back on because it spread out. Um, no, I agree with you, man. I actually had a conversation with a guy, and he's, you know, tatted up, got a couple piercings, and I was like, you realize that, I thought it would be our generation, but I'm like, especially your generation, because he's like 22, 23, I'm like, you're going to be the normal person with all these tattoos and piercings. It's The, yeah. fr the freaks are going to be the ones without them. Because I don't hardly know anyone who's not a kid who doesn't want a tattoo anymore. I mean, any any kind of like badassery that goes with a tattoo is gone way, way far yeah, away. Every chick's got something written on her body somewhere. Oh, like every fucking one of them. Okay, this one. Okay, I I, I just have to say this. Of Amy Schumer's new book is called "The Girl Drew with the, the Lower, lower Back, back tattoo. tattoo." No, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to bitch about this. This is just me, ladies. I don't know what it is. What is with the tree tattoo with no leaves on it, so it's just a bunch of twigs on you now? And it's like it's usually up the side of their leg, up to the like right. onto their torso, onto their back. And I'm just like, okay, you look like you look like the end of fall before winter starts. Is yeah. this, is this edgy? Is this the what? message I'm getting is your seed will find no purchase here. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Not baby-making material. <laughs> you know, I mean, is this supposed to be edgy? Is this, I don't, I, I don't get it, but, hey, they can do whatever they want to their body, but I'm just saying, like, I, I'd think twice about that one if you're contemplating a tattoo, male or female, honestly. It's just, especially if you're pale. Put some color on you. If you're pale, God graced right. you with a, with a white sheet right. of paper to start on. Right, you can go all the colors in the, well, in the rainbow. I guess it's just as bad as most people's taste in art. I mean, there's so... There's so much, uh, such a diversity of art available, yet, you know, people say, hang the same Thomas Kincaid picture in their fucking living room. Hey, man, look, my dog's playing poker. It's timeless. Think, <laughs> you'd think that you would you would want something a little more personal and original to immortalize in your on your body, but instead you lift quotes from other people. You get, you know, birds stenciled on you. Or some fucking paw prints. Hey, man, I know a and, lot of hipsters with nautical stars. Yeah. <laughs> and sparrows or swallows or whatever it is on them right now. We're like, fuck you guys. Right. Seriously. But then, you know, the, the cooler people that I've met with the uh, that, that have interesting tattoos, they tend to have a lot of shit that's just like garbage. Like, why would you tattoo? Like, oh, somebody dared me to tattoo that. Yeah. You know? But like a lot of it is, you know, I don't know. I knew a guy who had... I can't remember what exactly it involved, but something to do with the popsicle that had like a mouth full of big teeth and it was like trying to eat something else. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, my friend drew it. Okay, great. I mean, at least you have something original on you. Yeah, to me, a tattoo, if I see a tattoo, it doesn't stand out unless it's one of two things. I mean, okay, three things. If it's really horrible, I'll be like, oh, God, damn. How drunk were you when you got that? Or it's the worst is when they get their kids and they look like come out looking all mongoloid. No, the worst. And and I have a few friends who are going through this right now. Girlfriends, husbands, wives, and and and, and boyfriends' names in places that it's not easily to it's not easy to cover them up. And yeah. I'm like, oh boy. But anyways, um, yeah, it's either if it's really bad, or if the art is really unique, or if it's. If it's really well done, like I've mm -hmm. seen some tattoos that I'm like, 
if I die, if I had that tattooed when I died, I'd be like, can you like take this patch of skin off and then frame it somewhere? Because this is almost like a piece of art. This right. is, this needs to live on beyond my ass. I've smoked and drank through most of my life. I'm not going to be here for most people to enjoy this. We need to put this someplace. That's right. Give my eyes to Stevie Wonder and uh, <laughs> save that tattoo on my back and make a drum out of it. Well, you know, also what I've I've seen, which it sucks for a lot, like growing up being a musician, I was around older musicians. Every once in a while, I'd run into a guy who had a really original tattoo I'd never seen on anybody, and then he'd see it on a bunch of. Uh, it's like it'd start popping up on on random people around him, and he'd go, "Fuck!" Now everyone's <laughs> gonna think I got this, and I'm like. Dude, I I know we're not you know we're supposed to look down on him for being a tryhard to be original, but if you if if you really be an original, and this is before the internet, so it's not like they went online, saw right. it, and was like, I want that. You know, if you were really going out of your way to be original, and you're the first person who went to Eternal back in the day and got the tattoo from the artist, and he had it in his book, and some douchebag walk in like, bro, that's sick, I want that, put that on my calf. Next thing you know, you got some date rapist walking around with your art on there. You're like, oh motherfucker. I can understand that. I can understand being a little like bummed about that. Yes. It's like, hey, it's that uh, you kind of. It's like you know, people walking around, or perfect example here in Southwest Michigan, people driving around with rebel flags, listening to Public Enemy. You're kind of <laughs> missing the point there, buddy. <laughs> hey, man. Speaking of which, you were talking to me like I knew what the fuck Prophet to Rage was. Who me? Yeah. Oh, we when had was to this? we had to enlighten him the other day. Yeah, I did Let's not know what, what Prophets of Rage was. Oh, really? I know now. Oh, I know now. <laughs> Dude, it's it's you, okay? First of all, I don't know how in the public enemy you are, but I'm pretty sure you've listened to a few Cypress Hill albums, and I know you listen to Rage Bro, Against Bro, I'm not the me I used to be with music, man. Remember, we... we I think we... It was, it was on and unregimented. My clear line in the sand is 2010. I can see it in the Grammys. It's where I start having no idea who those names <laughs> yes, are. That was a great episode, by the way. Just going through like 2010 uh-huh. and back. I can tell you who everybody is. That's 2010. Like, fuck are these people? <laughs> and then Aaron was just sitting there hating on it all. It was a great. Go back and find that episode if you're listening. It really is great. You you really see the music snobs come out in us on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one in when we were talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan and Aaron comes out with I always liked Robin Trower better and I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I do <laughs> and I'm like I love them both but I guess I'm in that weird camp well, that, as long as we're talking music you know I, I read an article recently about um, L7 which is a band that I have always just despised I knew and, it was, was going to be an extreme reaction it was either I love them or I hate them stand that band Okay, why? And, this is seriously. Why, I mean, just why? Well, okay. So this article is talking about. Uh, well, it's entitled and it's in the besides this song, the Chicago Tribune says L Seven is better late than never getting respect. What respect for what? That's what I don't understand. For their fifteen seconds on the middle of one hundred twenty minutes in nineteen ninety-five years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. It's describing this band. Talk some shit about them too. That's the only reason I think a lot of people know who they are. He's like, "Hey, Beavis, let's pretend we're dead." Let's see. Uh, looking back at the band's heyday, Sparks is going to see. This is the see. band where she threw the tampon. At the L7's yeah. place in the evolution of women in rock. Although all male bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam became the massive stars of the grunge scene, it was also a time that ushered in a greater influx of female players. 
Okay, I mean, hold on a sec. Were they considered part of the Riot Girl? No. Uh, I was going to say, cause that was, yeah, the Riot Girl thing was, they couldn't latch their wagon to that horse. Sparks so. uh, says that L7 helped by being Pied Pipers in the rock scene. What were you... For who? I Yeah. <laughs> I, For who? who? Avril Lavigne? <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not even being a smartass. I'm really trying to think of an all-female rock group, or you would you would it could fall under the umbrella of rock after L7 that L7 influenced. I've even never indirectly. heard anyone say. Yeah, I've never heard any artist say. You're gonna tell me L7 was L7. more? I've heard I've heard female artists say four non-blondes. I've never heard them say <laughs> L7. I've heard uh, yeah, that well, she come from the Pixies. Come on, dude. That's how you gonna how you gonna say L7 more influential than her? Anyone in L7. I'm just... Who wrote this article? How about Zero some, Seven? They're more influential asshole. than L7. Fuck, man. Yeah, what art... What, 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 okay, what site was this on? Was oh, this? It's, a, it's Chicago Tribune. Asshole.com. I was wondering if it was the AV Club, because they've been doing a lot of whole shitting but propping up shitty 90s. Shitting on everything that is considered sacred from the 90s, but propping up a bunch of garbage. I know, but all this article talks about is like... Uh, shenanigans of uh, them, and when they would travel back in the day, they would tell everyone that they were uh, Metallica's wives. That's hilarious. <laughs> crazy girls, crazy chicks. Um, you know, n- none of it like really talks about. I-, I mean, if this person who wrote this article is into L7, really, let's talk about the song some. But it's all about uh, their attitude and the way they dress. How they, you know, they wore flannels while every other chick was like wearing a, you know, a halter top or some shit. Okay, first of all, on on, on MTV, not yeah, well, yeah. in the world. Well, first of all, you have to take into consideration this is the Chicago Music Press, which the whole song "Cherub Rock" and half of. I want to say Siamese Dream, it might even have been uh, Gish, is a big fuck you to the Chicago Music Press from the Smashing Pumpkins. But, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The grunge era is... This is Sparks, uh, whatever her name is. Denita Sparks? Yes, sir. This is her quote. Grunge era's main legacy, which gets ignored a lot, is how many women were playing in bands that were getting coverage in the mainstream rock press and on MTV who were fully clothed. Um, okay, you know what? Okay, hold on. That was a valid the, point. That's a valid point. Because that, uh, think about it. Think about it. Darcy never pranced around for the Smashing Pumpkins half naked. Neither did, uh, 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 oh shit, Melissa Oftimer or something. I can't remember. Who? From, from Hole. Oh. And then eventually, uh, a perfect circle. Has from a perfect circle. She didn't run around naked, half yeah. naked. I mean, a lot of a lot of the female musicians. Granted, they were mostly bass players. But that's that's grunge's main legacy. Well, no, no. I'm just saying oh, she has a, a, she has a valid point about that talk was, about music. Okay. Look who shows up. So she has a she has a valid point, but uh, she's just over exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. That valid point. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but they came up at a time where we were more used to seeing women playing in bands just you know not having to be an all-female band not having to be like dancing singing act or something like that they could just 
be in a band like any guy could be in a band. Thank you, guy I don't know. I didn't know that we had our own, like, I, you know, cleanup service here but on the podcast. We're coming up like 7-Up, baby. <laughs> yeah, Mike's <laughs> emptying the ashtrays. Mike, joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I, how can you say that L7 were, like, pioneers of that? No. Oh, they were just lumped in with every other. You know, okay, Hart is a pioneer of yes. a, a woman-led yeah. front yes. there you go. rock band more so than L7. I don't even like Joan Jett, but Joan the, Jett is my... The Pixies. Yes. More so than L7. Right. I the the Pixies so were the first ones to do the female bass, bass player, player thing. Yeah. 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 For the most part. Because I was trying to think the chick from the Dandy Warhols. I think she played bass, didn't she? <coughs> keyboards. Hey, what about the keyboards? Sometimes. What about White Zombie? Topless? I remember oh, yeah. a couple videos. She had some... Uh, what was Sometimes her name? It was just pasties. She had some stuff to go topless, so really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm missing yeah. out on that. All right. Oh, you never seen Dig? No. Dig is a documentary about the... Stop touching your mic, Mike. So, so I was moving it up. <laughs> touch, Sorry. touch this part. My bad. If you need to move it, touch it here. Okay? Grab it by the shaft, not the head. Uh, Dig is uh, a documentary that follows Brian Jonestown master, Massacre and the Dandy Warhols at a time where... Uh, Dandy Warhols were becoming really popular and Brian Jonestown Massacre was, was bleeding members at a rapid pace because of all the fights and drug abuse that were happening. I have heard of it. I didn't realize that was that documentary. It's, it's fantastic. I'll have to check that out. It's, it's, I love it. Is it on Amazon Prime? <laughs> I don't know. I think they used to play that on like HBO back in the day. That's, really? where, I, that's where I saw it. This chick bass player. <laughs> Sean Yusuf. Sean Yusuf. Yusuf. What's your point? They don't predate L7. I mean, this would be in the same group as like every other band that had a a female bass player. You know? That's my point. Okay. Female bass player. <laughs> I thought we naming female bass players. I'm not playing the game anymore, man. Uh-oh. Okay, this is. I'm really. <laughs> who who I, are you people? I, I Where really, am I? I really had to pull from my head, but I would say fucking Belly has more of an influence. Tiny I, Donnelly from Throwing Muses, exactly. Because lo- of because of their musical. No, like, I love Belly. I've been listening to a lot more Throwing Muses stuff that I didn't really fully comprehend back in the day. What even. about Liz Fair? That Throwing Muses, fucking brilliant shit, man, and. So like, kind of crazy aggressive too on most of the yeah. stuff. Like, the way that uh, uh, Kristen Hirsch, not t- the the other singer and the the main singer in Throwing Muses, that uh, she's just got like, uh, she she could sing for a heavy metal band. What about no Ani DeFranco? What about her? <laughs> Are we just naming women who don't <laughs> shave. <laughs> no, Liz Fair shaves. I saw that photo shoot to prove that. Yeah, Liz Fair. Perfect example. Liz Fair was uh, Chicago music critics' darling when Exile and Guyville come out, and then Whipsmart come out, and I think she had one more album come out, and it it really tanked. And she was on Matador. I remember that much. So yeah. last time I saw Liz Fair, and she was doing thing, a straight up pop song. That's yep. And next thing you know, she's on VH1 as their pick of the week in like 2003, <coughs> and she's like, it looks like a Mariah Carey video or some shit, mm-hmm. and she's not even holding the guitar and she's dancing, and I'm like. <sighs> well, no, I remember that video. I, I, maybe I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. I, I saw it as tongue in cheek. Oh, this. Oh, turd. you saw it as like the, her octung baby phase, right? Like kind of ironic. Yeah. 
I mean, she's she's. Went, I did, it didn't work either way, but she went back to her bread and butter. I mean, she's now yeah. doing acoustic gigs or like a, a with a uh, three piece well, band I doing her it, her stuff that she got known for. It's kind of like Jewel, where that point in her career where she decided she could have it both ways. Like she could be a sexy pop star and still make fun of it, and then realize that it just doesn't work that way. Well, she lost it. She lost her right to do that when she did the fucking shit commercial. The shit fucking, commercial. Shit. Oh shit. Yeah, for. Uh, it Look it up, Jewel. Uh, shit commercial. A shit commercial. Shit. <laughs> shih tzu. They, you gotta hey, be careful with that one. Doesn't matter. Either way, Jewel still has an amazing fucking rack. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna right. say voice. I really <laughs> thought you were gonna say voice. I'll take Liz Fair over Jewel. So there's no argument between us on that one. You, you there you go. Man, that that would be tough. I'm talking musically and uh, oh, aesthetically. Oh, musically, yes. Aesthetically, that would be tough. This fair hits a lot of key points for me, like skinny girls, blonde, big noses. That's a that's a hardcore <laughs> trifecta for me. That's the trifecta of boner for you. You're yeah, like, you're like ding. Diamonds. There we go. I'm rock right now. <laughs> But this is Jewel. the sh- this is the shit commercial. Wait a minute, it was Liz Fair. No, I'm I, telling you. I typed in Jewel shit commercial. What do you? Why? It was Liz Fair. Fair. Then there we go. That's my bad memory. I'm Wait a minute, the this internet. Is, this is Liz Fair. I'm yeah, not sure. It sure is. What? It's her that music, is. but I don't see her. And Jewel was in a fucking shit commercial. Oh, okay. Oh wait, I had. Damn it, I got Liz Fair running in the background. Oh, Fuck. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. She's not even in it. It don't even make so sense. weird. Because that commercial was not edited to that song whatsoever for that, that, that commercial. <laughs> that was a really bizarre experience. That was just like hey, watching a shit commercial hey, and hearing Liz Fair. Play the song and show bitches shaving. Just we're good. You, you fucking know? blew my mind for a second there. Blew my own mind. All right, Jewel. It's a Jewel Shields for Shick. This from Slate.com. When when did this happen? Like 2003? Oh, Early 2000s enough. had to be. <laughs> it was before my ecstasy phase, after my heavy drinking phase. <laughs> 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 oh, it's a background commercial for some music and a recent ad for Chick Razor. Her song, Intuition. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's the only reason I know that song. And that was supposedly a big hit for her. It's a date on that article. July 7, 2003. Bam. Nailed it. So it probably was that commercial. Let's try to watch it without Liz Fair. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, you were blowing my mind. I was like, did I slip into a parallel dimension at some point down here? Mike, I'm going to smoke one of your cigarettes. Hey, Mike's here, by the way. <laughs> Get on Mike, Mike. Hey. would <laughs> be... Now it finally can be with the new Schick Intuition, a triple blade razor surrounded by. Oh yeah, this was the song with the with just water, the video that I took is ironic. Yeah. In one step, so easy, it makes the process of shaving as smooth as the results. Schick Intuition in the uh, non Alanis Morissette way. <laughs> you mean actually the definition true, of ironic? True ironic, not am ironic. You know, I've heard people argue that she knew that the whole song wasn't ironic, which is. The ironic part. That was it. That's 
I've heard people argue that. I don't know if that's they're fanboys, but that that was their argument on that one. This is your jam. This is a new sensation that's sweeping the nation. What? Oh, the, really? We just heard it in the commercial. What? I never heard this song before. You never today. heard this, dude. You've oh. heard it. You just drank that memory away. This song is old as fuck. Lucky what fuck. are you talking about? I never heard this song. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't really work. Yeah. She released a whole album of this shit that it's, didn't work. Then she went. Then she went all Lilith Fair. This fucking jewel. Yeah. The fuck is this? This is your. This is your Mondo rack right here. She's off the artistic roll call. What did Britney Spears write this album? Thank you. Listen to that breathy shit. I bet you it's the same producer. Wow. I never thought of it as that ironic. Sucks. So good. Good call. Because I, I mean it. When Octung Baby came out, a lot of people didn't get that album. They thought they were like, "What the fuck?" U2's been making fun of shit like this all. They're not making fun of, but shunning this. Why are they embracing it? It's kind of the point. Like, when the '90s, the age of irony. Yeah, I'm so back and forth. Like, I flip flop constantly on U2. There, they have a lot of good songs. The Joshua Tree is a fantastic album mm-hmm. um just for me just for bullet the blue sky i don't know like wh- how they want to dress and what their stage performance is like really doesn't matter to me i think it's it because they, they they embraced a lot of uh electronic aspects for that time period on that album versus their other albums right other albums were very i remember people saying it's not organic like the rest of their albums i remember that was a criticism constantly leveled at them around that time well but. I bet you their minds would be blown if they saw some of the recording process with e- Brian Eno for the Joshua Tree. Exactly. Because mind they made this turd. From what I understand, it was very much of the process of jam and loop and create songs out of these textures. You know, it it wasn't like the Edge sat down with an acoustic guitar and said, "I've been working on this uh, riff here," and, and you know. Bono just started belting out lyrics and they came together like the stones like I think you know that they had been using that approach prior to you know showing their hand with these like you know obviously when you hear like uh, that era of Octoon Baby and what was the, the other album that followed pop Zuropa Zuropa yeah that was another one or was that their tour I can't remember I don't know and it was, wasn't Zuropa everything no, Zu- involved with it sucked ass Zuropa was the EP where Edge sang one in the video oh don't uh, think, don't talk, don't do Oh, God, yeah. I can't stand that song. Doom, 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 well, doom. anyway, I mean... <laughs> People are kicking him in the face. It's just another band that's gone the way of the Chili Peppers. Like, yeah, they're still making music. Some of it is actually better than most, but it's still not that interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can't... Name me a track past 1980 of the Rolling Stones that... First of all, just name me a track past 1980 by the Rolling Stones, and then name me one that's any good. Start yeah. Me Up? No, that came out in 80. That's what I'm saying. Oh, past 1980. I thought it came out in like 82 or something. I, fuck, I don't know. Waiting yeah. on a friend. <laughs> I, I can name their I albums. Couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, Bridges to Babylon. That was a, that was the tour. I can name the no, tours and good. the album. That's what... It, you're Look, man, you got to lower the bar. You're fulfilling you half of the challenge. <laughs> so you did give me a name. You got to lower the bar here. Come on, man. You can't have these high standards. You gotta, it's like when you go out looking for ash. You got to cast a wide net. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you aim for the ten. You're happy with the five. 
<laughs> if she tries hard, it's all good. <laughs> Have you guys heard about the, the latest Marvin Gaye lawsuit? Oh, uh, who sued him? Uh, or no, they're suing Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Well, interestingly, this is not the gay estate, which I love saying. Um, this is <laughs> this is one of the writers of Let's Get It On, which apparently it seems like every famous person that's been interviewed on a podcast in the last five years has some story about how they helped write Let's Get It On. Everybody get up. They're like, oh, yeah, I talked to Marvin Gaye back in the day, and I was the one who said... Let's get it on to him. You know, I was, he I was, was like, I like that. I was sweeping in We're the corner, gonna, and I was like, hey, man, what's going on? I don't know. Let's get it on, man. Next thing I know, brother writes a record. So his thinking out loud is uh, is too much like... Are you familiar with this song? Yes. Have you heard it? Ed, yes. Is this I know, the Ed Sheeran one? Ed yeah. Sheeran yeah. is the name I hear, but I have no Ed idea Sheeran. what the okay. fuck. You got to play a little bit of it. So he looks like Red it. from Fraggle Rock. Yes. That's that's all I. And yeah. that's here. And what's the name of the song? Thinking, thinking out loud. So, well, what's the guy's name who was the co-writer? In, I guess court. I guess through the ways of chords. Yes, it sounds very similar. But there is absolutely no, like, there's no construct there that that I think. I mean, in in uh, in context. There you go. There's a mashup called "Let's Get It On While Thinking Out Loud." Well, no, don't don't do the mashup. You know what Let's Get It On sounds like. Let's just, let's just hear Ed Sheeran's uh, song. If if they're going to go this far, they're going to have to take down the entire you know four-chord pop progression, which takes out all of music. I never it's understood how, yeah, if, if it's... <laughs> If it's, well, that chord progression sounds a lot like this one, yeah. then how the fuck did the blues survive without when getting sued out of existence? Like they used to before. Ed Townsend. Ooh. Ed Townsend was a co-writer or maybe even writer just of this, of Let's Get It On. Uh, says in his lawsuit, the melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic compositions of thinking are substantially and or strikingly familiar to the drum composition from Let's Get It On. Dude. Like, you had to hear it and be like, maybe I should retool this. I don't know, yeah. I think if I wrote this song, I'd be like, hey, that's a pretty good song. I should fuck with these chords a little bit because this sounds way too much like Let's Get It Out. Or how about, how about this? Just cut the, cut the shit off at the, at the front and just give him a fucking co-writing credit. Yeah. And just be like, hey, look, it's inspired by him. It's an homage to him, whatever you want to call it. Here's his writing credit. His kids can fucking go buy another house. But then there's also... Like, the listener in me is just so what? Like, okay, yeah, you know, there's lots of songs that when I hear them, I hear melodies of other songs pop up and I realize how similar they are. But I don't think like, oh, so-and-so's ripping somebody else off. As an artist, what Ed Sheeran has been doing has been mentioning Let's Get It On and even doing a medley in some performances. And, and he should have given him a writing. He should have given him a writing credit. What and saved himself the hassle. What Ed Townsend is asking for in the lawsuit is barring him from performing the song. See, that's that's attention to his fucking cause du jour. Not and so he's, he's going to get money out of it. He I think the it. artist, the artist side of me wins out, and I'm siding with Ed Sheeran. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. There's no question. On top of, Everybody on top. covers everything. And if this is allowed to pass, what's next? 
I mean, well, I mean, okay. There's so every many bar some, band. Every bar band technically that doesn't pay ASCAP or BMI. Well, is, that's a whole separate thing, and they do crack down on that as much as they can. But they have about as many people. They have less people that work in NASA or for ASCAP. Exactly. Let's get it on. Let's love, baby. Now, one that I'm surprised had got has gone on as long as it has without a lawsuit is some Lady Antebellum song and Alan Parsons Project song. Yeah. Oh, really? Look for for it. It is the exact same fucking song. Yeah, play me that Lady Antebellum because I don't think I've heard it. Which which Parsons song? Is it, uh, what is it called, Pressure? uh, The name of a song? Yep. This is it. Yeah, I am the eye in the sky, sky. looking at you. I can oh, yeah. Yeah. That's chord progression. That's melody. <coughs> How they have not been sued, I don't know. That's not like that wasn't a hit for Alan Parsons' project either. It's played in dentist's office across the land. I <laughs> know, right? If a drill started up right now, my <laughs> asshole would clench. <laughs> but I, I truly don't believe that, like, I don't think you should have to uh, pay royalties on sampling. I don't, unless you're doing, hey, like... You see the shirt? These poor guys went broke on Paul's Boutique. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Dust Brothers but, were like, sorry, guys. This is a one-off. Like, this is never <laughs> happening again. Yeah, we're, we're going to play instruments on Check Your Head. Like... Is what Lady Antebellum did very uncreative? Yes. And in an ideal world, they wouldn't be financially rewarded for their uncreativity. But unfortunately, there's so many people that just don't give a fuck or have no taste that they're making a pretty good living off of it. So good for them. Or I think they hear it and they go, Does wow, Alan they- Parsons deserve some of that money? Absolutely not. <laughs> Get your motherfucking movie absolutely check. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I think most people as hear it an and artist, they go, it sounds familiar, and I kind of like it. And they don't, they can't picture, they can't nail down where it sounds familiar from. They just go, sounds familiar, I like it. Look at all the nursery rhymes that are the exact. First of all, they're all built off the major scale, <laughs> right? But I mean, look at how many of them are exact copies of each other with different different lyrics. I mean, that's hardwired into us from where kids to be attracted to that, mm-hmm. and I think. Musicians, more so, hopefully more so than other people, tend to break out of that that mold, and they go look for something off the beaten path that isn't on top forty radio. I mean, I, we all know people who are more than happy to listen to top forty radio their entire life and never listen to anything else. In fact, you try to play it for them, they're like, mm, I don't want to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. So, I think I don't even know if it was a conscious rip off. I mean, it's credited to Paul McCartney as saying it, but. I, I'm not sure. Even he said it, but he said, "If you steal from one, you're a thief. If you steal from everybody, you're a genius." Right. You know, it's like jazz. The only reason that you know it's not a problem in jazz is because there's no money in it. it same with blues. Right. Exact. It's the exact same with blues. <laughs> like they're all they're all lifting each other's licks. I believe this video makes and, and it's all it's all done in points. tribute. Yeah, the the axis of all. You know. Absolutely. When when Coltrane would play a melody from a song or or steal a lick from somebody, it wasn't out of spite. It wasn't fuck you. Look what I'm gonna steal your shit. It was. I love this shit. It was out of tribute. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Let's just, let's just collect all these artists and have one big lawsuit clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lawsuit gangbang, if you will. Yeah. That's, what, that's what's going to happen if 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 Ed Sheeran and other artists start getting uh, losing lawsuits like this. If they do, well, here's a legit I mean, question. Luckily, like the the stairway to heaven lawsuit was uh, thrown out of court, but that was UK. Mm. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know. We, I, I don't trust Americans to uh, see reason when it comes to creativity. Well, all I, they see is like money. Well, I mean, I think the, I thought we reached peak absurdity with this when John Fogarty got sued by his former record company for ripping himself off. And I'm like, how do you rip yourself up? It's if you if I want to write the same fucking song for my entire career, just call me ACDC and be done with it. <laughs> right. All right? I mean, no no one's suing them for you know sounding like them, but apparently we've reached it. And this is this is the question I really want: Is it the artist going after other artists, or is it the people who? Stand to make the money in the lawsuit going after the newer artists. Yeah, I mean, in, in the uh, in the recent Marvin Gaye instances, uh, blurred lines. It was the estate. So his kids. I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, but it was a bunch of people who had nothing to do. And if you, and if with they knew that music, and if they knew Pharrell at all, they knew Pharrell was not ripping off Marvin Gaye. Going, boy, I'm gonna, I'm going to get one over on somebody. Pharrell, of course, he fucking, didn't. Yeah, you know. It, He's a huge Marvin Gaye fan. I mean, but once again, it's just the artist is an afterthought in this. It's say what you know. People can have their opinions. Say what you want. Dislike them or like them. Stevie Ray Vaughan in the eighties probably brought the blues back to the forefront, mm-hmm. almost single handedly. Even got Clapton to record a blues album. You know, but I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan was always he'd go on stage and go. By the way, here's Albert King. Here's Freddie King. Here's you know Johnny Guitar Watson. He'd bring all the guys that influenced right. him up. And no one ever bitched about that. And, I mean, if you really listen to, once again, blues, but there's really no money in it, like you said, it's all just variations on one theme, really. So, I don't know. I have seen this video, though, before, and this is what I tell people. There's only 12 notes. It's just how you mix them up, man. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think in this case, though, look, Ed Sheeran, man, you got ears. <laughs> You've heard that verse. But yeah. If you you should have maybe changed the dynamic but, up a little bit. Give him a writing credit and call it a day. I mean, I know chords are chords or chord structures are chord structures. I'm just saying if that ho- part of the song, I'm not, because the song does veer off and do its own thing. I'm just saying that part, I've been, right. looked at my producer and be like, hey, man, apparently, if you pay attention to the news, this family <laughs> may go, hey, apparently Marvin Gaye must have left a shitty will because his children seem very litigious. All I'm saying is that if they, if he, if if you could just give a writing credit and, and that person get their cut of the money, then we might have actually had a few more Verve albums instead of a couple fucking reunions here and there. Yeah, no, right. And I'd be happy with that. So, I don't know. Mick and Keith stole all their money. No, I don't even even Mick and Keith. They were like, we haven't seen it. Listen to the uh, interview with Keith Richards. He's like, I haven't seen a dime from that. I didn't get anything from that. Talk to Mick. I doubt he did either. It's the people who hold the the the, the publishing. Once again, the the corporate people are making money off this. The artists don't give a shit. In fact, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger weren't like, "Did you hear these fucking guys in the Verve steal our shit? This symphonic album we had right. nothing to do with." Well, yeah, but in the case of Ed Sheeran, it's the uh, the writer. 
Um, in the case of Led Zeppelin, it was the writer of the of the song in question that was supposedly uh, influential, very influential of Stairway to Heaven. I mean, and if you're going to sue Zeppelin for stealing, just go to Led Zeppelin I mean, one I, and two and just call it a day and I'm have not, a career. I'm not trying to shit on your point. I'm just saying, like, you're right in that it's the money. It's just not exclusive to the corporations that are interested in in that money. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, okay, it's just, if we're to me, if we're going back to it, there was a time in the late '80s, early '90s where there was this huge resurgence of interest in Robert Johnson, and yeah. the Stones have recorded "Love in Vain" and put down the writer as traditional. Now, that's a Robert Johnson song, okay? And Robert Johnson's estate. Let's be honest. The man died poor. I mean, he was poisoned or murdered or whatever the fuck. It's still, it, you know, cops were like, "Whoa, another black guy dead." We're not really going to worry about Wait, it. He's the one who had to deal with the devil, supposedly. Yeah, at the crossroads, and, and Ralph Macchio, the karate <laughs> kid, whooped Steve Vai's ass over it later. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I mean, no one came after him, and those have to be destitute people. But there was, once again, the minute he got popular, oh, we're going to file a lawsuit. Who did it? It wasn't his, it wasn't his estate. It was the people yeah. who held the, the rights to his music. And those are people that weren't even born when he recorded it. Had no interest in it besides they probably picked it up and said, fuck it, let's put out a box set as a niche fucking album, you know, right. thing. And it'll sell a couple, you know, 50,000. These guys might as well be, uh, oh, shit, what do they call the, the company that was going after the podcast? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, 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 copyright sort of trolls. Oh, oh. Copyright trolls. Right. That's basically what they're doing. Personal audio. Yeah, yeah, that company. I had to remember. Nothing personal. But I was trying to think of the, the term, that, the, der, the uh, derogative term that was being used to describe personal audio. Um, but I think it was... Uh, copyright, copyright trolls, troll. copyright Adam Carolla. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Podcast okay. trolls. A podcast troll would be something different, wouldn't it? Oh, no. Patent troll. Patent Pat troll. Pat Thank troll. you. Yep. That was it. There, yeah, because yeah, they were actually doing it with more than just podcasts. They were yes. doing it with actual products. Like, not content. Physical products people had created. John Oliver did a story on it. It was really... Right. They were going after, like, Audible. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot all about that. It's ama Once again, it's amazing how quick shit falls out of our... Uh, that was going know. on when we first launched. Exactly. I, I think it's libertarian. Being like wanting to vote for Gary Johnson and realizing how much of a libertarian I have been for years and years. Like I really believe that the idea of copyright in general is fucking ridiculous. It should just be an open free market. If you're you have to have the right I the right combination of good ideas and the good business sense to make them happen. And if somebody else outpaces you on that capital, then, you know, that's your problem. <laughs> like you shouldn't, have, it, you shouldn't have been in that neighborhood and, that time of night. You shouldn't have been wearing that dress. Man, even, that even when it comes to artistic endeavors, you know? Yeah. So if you want to, uh, I'm not talking about like, trying to pass off like a painting as a famous Pablo Picasso or something, you know, doing a, a, a forgery. But if you want to paint pictures that look just like Pablo Picasso, fine. 
that people actually want to buy them and they've never even heard of Pablo Picasso and they don't understand where the influence comes from. So fucking what? You can't control that shit. I mean, I got it. it. It's just like I kind of understood when Todd was coming from, like, he doesn't believe in a cross between art and commerce. And, and I'm like, okay, in an idealistic world, I agree with you, but that's not the world we live in. And the world we live in isn't fair. And this is the hand we've been dealt. We want to cha- we want to change the laws. Let's do it. But as of right now, we're stuck with this shit. I've, I'm a firm believer in art for commerce. And I'm just saying what what Todd no, said. No, I, I hear you. If you make but, something and somebody wants to give you money for it, that's on them. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't believe in that. That commerce should be somehow protected by the government, and that's what copyright law is. I. You know, it's it's. All I know is that I have one song written with a guy, and he's still playing it, making money off it, and I'm not. So there you go. That's how much the government protected that copyright. <laughs> so did you mail a copy to yourself? <laughs> no, no. I actually, I actually went with the and did it the proper way. Filled out the paperwork, paid my fee, and all that shit. I've I've had that stand up a couple times. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I had to stand up twice. The, really? The, the, the poor man's copyright? Yeah, hell yeah. How long ago was this? Uh, 2005. Uh, this has been posted. I heard, because, yeah, when we looked into it back when we did it in 2006, we were like, no, they won't stand up in court. They'll get ripped to shreds. Not so in we court, went, we but you can use way. it as leverage. We Well, that was that was pretty much it. We, we presented our copies of the people that had taken our song, uh, which was a band from Ohio. We had, you know, I was in a right. local band here. They had stolen a, a song from us uh, when we had, we had played with them a couple times here and uh, just locally. And, you know, basically just took a couple pictures, sent it to them, said it's postmarked. You know, do what you want to do. We'll take it to court. We don't mind. There's a big difference, though, between what stands <laughs> up in court. You scared the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, oh, and yeah, what can be yeah. used as a tool for leverage. Yeah. And when you're when the other side has nothing then that's a very effective tool. You know, if the other side has either facts or a shit ton of money, then that tool is useless. Well, if, if a bigger... Mailing it to yourself means shit all. If, if, a, if a real band had stolen some of our music and then and then put it on an album or whatever and was making money off of it, we said, we, oh, here's our postmark. Yeah, we would be... You'd be fucked. We would be laughed out of the courtroom. Yeah. Absolutely. But it does hold up in certain situations. Yeah. And I... Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to do it in the first place. I thought it was stupid, but I was glad that we did once that all came down. Good times, good times. Mike and I were working on some voiceover stuff last night, and the night before. <laughs> How'd that go? What are you voicing over? I don't know. Did I hear the cat in the background of that? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Could you hear any of this last night? I realized that we were playing your name over and over again, really loud. Oh wow! I realized the same man now. Did you have, we- <laughs> Did you have weird dreams last night? That's fucked up, man. <laughs> I ate that edible. Smoking That's what I was, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're fucking with him. Stop. What the fuck is this, man? He's gonna get. We're gonna have to unplug him and wait ten seconds and plug him back in. You're gonna lock him up here. Short film about a guy going crazy. They needed uh, voices in the head. <laughs> I like that one, <laughs> Chris. We go to Taco Bell, Rick. Jesus, man. Goes on Wait. forever. That is not right. Remember, <laughs> 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 
And it came out pretty good. <laughs> fun shit, though. New intro. <coughs> Remix. I'd love to do shit like that for uh, for a living. With the people who did sound design for uh, Stranger Things. I, I st- Dude, okay, real quick. Yeah. Does that have any connection to It, the Stephen King book? Um, no. I mean, no, no, not yeah. like, not like, like no. maybe a spiritual connection or a theme, a no, thematic yes. connection? It does. Okay. I'll tell you the connection. The two guys that created the show were originally hired to make a film version of it. Okay. Wait a minute. It's the guy from True Detective, isn't it? Mm. Gary Fuji or Carrie. Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. I don't know. Okay. You know, I, that guy. I could look it up and get my facts straight. His name's all fucked up. I couldn't pronounce it anyways. But that's what I heard. Okay. So well, no, I just saw an article comparing the two. And they were like, there's, there's like, I, they're kissing cousins to each other or something. He, he put it that way. And I was like, okay, so. Yeah. It was definitely an, an, an influence. Mm-hmm. It, even it, down to the it, fact. It, it feels similar. I mean, even even down to the fonts, down to the the, the, Wait, the, the life, I guess the idea uh, at What's the word I'm like? The universe is very similar. I definitely, okay. definitely when you, times in When I first saw that uh, title screen, yeah, the I'm font just... that was used was the same one that was used for Stephen King books back in the day. Yeah, I noticed that. And it's very much on purpose. Okay. And, oh, it's like, it's like watching Scream for the first time, only it's ten times better. Like, I love Scream, and... It, I love Scream in the way that it it played with uh, horror tropes, but it also played directly into them constantly. No, yeah, definitely. At the end, yeah, a lot never of pe- say I'll be right back. Hey, I'm getting a at beer. At the end, a lot of people had Can to die, and the right killer right? had to get exposed. Yeah, you couldn't play with it to the point where you fucked with the ending and left people hanging in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger Things manages to play to the tropes and divert them. At, in the right ways at the right times to really keep you interested in the characters and for being all based on genres that are known for rather thin characters uh, you get just the opposite Like if there is a, a connection to True Detectives I'm not surprised because what they did so brilliantly is took uh, it was a cop buddy thing you know you take two guys on opposites, uh, like Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. you know, put them together, force them together, these circumstances that, uh, you know, keep them having to rely on each other, and you build a friendship on that. We've seen it so many fucking times over and yeah. over and over again. What made this difference? Uh, the difference in, in, uh, in uh, True Detective is how rounded and real those two characters were. That's what it was really all about. And you get a lot of that in Stranger Things as well. Okay. You know, you get, uh, well, uh, an outstanding performance from um, Winona Ryder. And she plays a mother who whose kid goes missing and then she starts seeing crazy things. Right? Well, don't ruin it for me. Cause like I- Not ruining it at okay. all. 
This okay. is like right off the bat, yeah, episode one. I, I I literally was watching episode one. They were playing this is D&D, me. and they broke it. They broke up right. and they started going someplace, and then someone was like, "Hey, you got to do something," and I forgot to go back to it. Right. So I've watched. This is 10 as much of, of a spoiler alert as telling you that Laura dies in Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, was it? oh, Winona Ryder's performance. She played. So everyone thinks she's crazy, right? But. It goes beyond that, you know. the The character is deeper than just these. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? These tropes, these whatever, these caricatures that we usually see in films like this. Okay. She, she, she is literally like, when when you see her character, you know exactly what her character is going to be. Yeah. However, she plays it in a way that it's the first time seeing it. It's it's it truly is incredible. She did a gotcha. really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the the guy who plays the the I, uh, sheriff? The like the cameo king. I have no idea. He's the an, cameo he, king. He's yeah. in so many things, but never like this. Yeah, he he plays the alcoholic, <coughs> divorced, estranged from kid <coughs> cop in the small town, but he becomes like I don't know, just one of the best characters in that. In the, that. The crazy thing is, is no matter what we tell you about this, I, I could tell you from episode one until closing, everything that happens, and you'd still be like, okay, you watch it, and you're going to be oh, still surprised. It's not going to, there's nothing I can say to ruin it, because you've already seen it. But okay. you've never seen it like this. You know, you've never seen like a uh, like Stand By Me meets E.T. Like Stand By Me, you know, it's, it's such a coming-of-age tale, yet uh, it, it's so much more... It's it's deeper on every level, every level, because you also get more of not just the kids, but you're also getting the 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 adult aspect of things, mm-hmm. and you know everybody thinks. You know that that's a good point. I think uh, <laughs> while a lot of the influence was worn on the sleeve with the fonts and the design and just the look and feel of it, and the fact that it um, it took place in what like eighties. I thought it was eighty three. Yeah, yeah it, it's somewhere around there. Earlier eighties. Yeah. Uh, but there was definitely a huge Spielberg influence in that story. I honestly like thought, enormous. I, honestly, I didn't realize that until you, you I honestly mentioned had that, thought actually. that he had done it based on the trailers I saw, and I was yeah. telling my wife, and we had it marked on the calendar, Spielberg series. I had no idea, literally, that he had nothing really. I mean, I don't know if he had nothing to do with it, but he wasn't listed as anything you right. know, as spectacular, which, I mean, which blew my mind because it looks just I like... I hate to knock Spielberg, but it almost... It, Stranger Things almost is what he was trying to yeah, do it, with it, uh with um <clears throat> what's it called? Super eight. Yeah, exactly. It it takes everything that he did and it put it to the level that he wanted it to be. It it shows what happens when you inspire. Like you take the idea and you cast it out. It's what this is what music could be that would be wonderful. If music could be anything like cinematography right. or, or story writing. This, but this is the same thing that we were talking about in music, exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, but that's that's what like, I'm saying. If, if you take it, you take one thing, and someone's trying to do it, and they inspire you to do it, and you do it better, or you do it that's in in the same realm. How how can it even yeah. be considered a crime? I would think we would think it would be ridiculous if Stephen King was suing the creators of Stranger Things for ripping off his font mm-hmm. and his look. <laughs> right? It's so obviously a tribute. Right. It, I. It's the same thing with music. Exactly. And sure, you can argue that, like, okay, if Ed Sheeran's song is a tribute to uh, uh, Let's Get It On, it's not a very good one. But, you know, that's just my opinion. And obviously, there's a lot of people that are buying his tickets and supporting him. So they happen to think it's a good one, or they don't even know. But again, you can't control that. Right. 
I guess where I, should, I where I get upset about that whole just going not to go like too far back, but where I get upset about that is they they want to ban him from doing it live. The problem I have is most people aren't paying to see him do that live. They're paying to see him live. They're paying to see him live. Yeah. Like you perform that song for thirty seconds. And then you go into your own song. I see nothing wrong with that. I didn't see anything in the suit that said he couldn't perform Let's Get It On live. They're trying to ban him from performing his song live? Yes. Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's what I thought. If he he does lose the suit, if I was Ed Sheeran and I lost this suit, I would perform Let's Get It On every fucking night. Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's the... Every fucking the night. Only, the only solution And just that do, point. like, knockdown, drag-out versions of yeah. it. Ten minutes, just on the knees. Bring that... <laughs> just yeah, doing the whole... <laughs> like hamming banging, it up. Banging really just to get it on. making the audience wet and screaming, <laughs> throwing panties on the stage and shit. <laughs> just getting it on. <laughs> Okay. And then talk about how the only way Ed Townsend got laid from Let's Get It On is by paying a prostitute. Hey, man. She's putting herself through college. Leave her alone. <laughs> I'm not knocking the profession. <laughs> All right, so are, are, are we going to wrap it up? Or are we yeah, gonna... I think, it's, it's, a, good, I think it? it's a good time. We're blowing our nut on Ed Sharon opening and closing with Let's Get It On. <laughs> and he does it as the encore. Yeah, he opens and closes with it. Yes. Absolutely. I, I told, real quick, I told you guys about going to like 80s Fest when, when 96.3 was like, I think, the planet, and they did 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. I, and Flock of Seagulls opened with, uh, ran so far. Yeah. And closed with it. <laughs> and I was like, well, "What? Do you, yeah, right said Fred. Like, when, what do you think when, they open and close when, when with? When was that? Because I'm, I'm almost 100 percent sure I was there. Their whole is set is pine, actually is just an extended mix of Pine Too Sexy. Back when it was still Pine Up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and they were like, "Oh, uh, we're going to change up one of our hits." And it's like, "You already played this fucking yeah, song." Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like no one believes me on it. I'm like, dude, you no, had to be there. No, it was my, yeah, my, so surreal. My dad. Every time there was an 80s love fest anywhere, he was there, and. uh and unfortunately, I would go you know, kicking and screaming, but he would take me. And, and it was, you're 100%. Yes. It, and it was, it was 96.3. It was be, right before they changed over to, to being the 93.1 DRQ knockoff. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I went for two reasons. I went to see the Violent Femmes and I went to see the Smithereens. So I was happy. I can't remember who nice. else was on the bill besides the only reason the Flock of Seagulls even stands out because, is because, of, the, of, because of the, yeah, the dual open close. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, also, if I was Ed Sheeran, I would gladly play. Pay the royalties for every time that I perform. Let's get it on in nickels. Pers- hell, personally, payment payment nineteen seventies money. I would give them nineteen seventies royalty and chuck them like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be like uh, what was it? Uh, Larry Flint when he paid his fine for contempt of court. <laughs> said a bunch of strippers walk in, dump singles out of bags, garbage bags, and he's like, "Next time, cashier's check, please, Mister Flint." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. It's it's like episode two, but not really. <laughs> Second episode back. Episode two point one. Yeah. Something like that. What? One forty-seven point two. I'm just spewing out numbers randomly now. <laughs> so on that note. We will catch you next week. It's the rebooted unregimented. It's unregimented now. <laughs> Should we have forgotten an all-female cast? <laughs> we need a female bass player. That's what we need. Oh, see? Dude, I'm telling you. I, oh, I will hunt for that article about 
If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.